The Living Traditions Festival is back Friday, May 17th through Sunday, May 19th at Washington Square Park in downtown Salt Lake City. You will find a global food court, live music, performances, art, workshops, Bohemian Brewery, and stuff for kids. Full disclosure, this is my favorite Salt Lake Festival. For details and to see the full program, visit livingtraditionsfestival.com or find them on Instagram and Facebook at SLC Living Trad. Here's what Salt Lake's talking about. It's every renter's dream to own a home one day. Or so I thought. But renters and homeowners are now staring down a tough reality. It just doesn't pencil out anymore. And at least in Utah, it might be time for a new dream. Take notes today for the next time someone asks why you're paying your landlord's mortgage. It's Thursday, October 19th. I'm Ali Vallarta, and this is CityCast Salt Lake. Katie McKellar, reporter at the Deseret News. Just about every day you're writing a new story about Utah's housing market. I try to read as many of them as possible. And the theme for years now has been how dire it is. But one recent headline really struck me, which is five reasons to rent rather than buy in today's housing market. Did you ever think you would write that story? No. And I think you can tell from the language in the story, some qualifiers there. It's like, look, usually it's financially more sound to buy, but we're in such a unique market. Like this is the unique story that I've written. Mm -hmm. Um, It's definitely something to think about considering how expensive it is to buy right now. Well, and I mean, I've seen similar national headlines, but the thing about Utah is we love to think that we are outside the curve, like that we buck trends when it comes to our economy or how we do things or our way, quote unquote. Um, So when I saw your story, I was like, okay, even us. (laughs) Yes, even us. We've gotten so expensive and it's all because of the interest rates. Yeah. Well, let's get into that. Okay. In a nutshell, like why is it better to rent than buy right now? Well, I mean, just look at the math. I mean, you have to get a down payment to buy, first of all, and home prices are still like stubbornly so sticky high. Mm -hmm. And then combine that with interest rates that are now well over 7%. And let's look at the calculations. The total mortgage payment for a median priced home in Utah, which was just just under $500,000 earlier this year, that monthly payment hit $3,750 a month, according to estimates by the University of Utah's Kempsey Gardner Policy Institute. So that includes property taxes and mortgage insurance and a 5% down payment, which would be close to $25,000. Yeah. Whereas you look at the average rental rate, and that's about $1,570 toward the end of 2022. That's a little bit higher now, but... I mean, just do the math. It's almost twice as much to buy than it would be to rent right now. It's insane. I'm sorry. Come at me with that number again. $3,750 a month would be my mortgage? Yep. For a median priced home of almost $500,000, a little bit less in the second quarter of 2023. Wow. So, I mean, more than twice as much to buy. I mean, you also have to factor in, you know, what it costs to maintain a home and, Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. But- I just don't know how you make that math pencil. (laughs) No. Especially if you're already paying for a high rent and unable to save for a down payment. I think that's most Utahns who aren't in a home already 
are struggling even just to make rent. Right. And I don't know how you save up that much money to make it happen. Okay, I'm doing a little math here. So after taxes, that would basically be the whole paycheck of the average person in Salt Lake County based on area median income. Yeah, I'm going to try to pull up a number here real quick. But I'm the, looking at AMI for Salt Lake County. Median household income for Salt Lake County is about $77,000 yep. a year. If we divide that by 12 and take out taxes, I mean, yeah, you're definitely not spending the recommended 30% of your income on housing if you are buying in this market. No, we're in a historical, historically unaffordable era in our lifetime. And it's all because of these combined high prices that have ticked down a little bit since last year, but have slowly climbed back up, at least during the summer season. Mm. And so they're still super sticky and super high. The Federal Reserve's fight to tamp down on inflation has brought our interest rates up historically fast. Um, yeah, they're not as high as they were in the 80s, but combine that with the price of a home these days and the affordability factor is through the roof. And the Kemp Gardner report also had this fun little tidbit, speaking of how many people can actually afford it. They calculated that only 15% of Utah renter households have enough income to purchase even a modestly priced $300,000 to $400,000 home. That's way below what the median is <laughs> right oh now. Yeah. But there's only 15% who could afford that. And they're predicting that, yeah, maybe rent prices could taper a little bit. And I'm kind of seeing that in recent data coming out so far. But because of our shortage, because like construction of multifamily homes will constrict again, just like housing construction in general has constricted, we'll probably see supply continue to pace behind demand and even rent prices will continue to go higher. I noted in my story, like the argument for home ownership long term, that is a wiser financial decision. But it's gotten to a point where renting is sort of just a forced choice now because people just can't afford it. And meanwhile, rent prices will continue to go up, maybe just not as fast as they have in past years. But we're kind of following into that rent trap again. And I don't know what people are going to do. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I want to ask you, because, I mean, you look around, for example, Salt Lake City. What's popping up everywhere is rentals. Reading this story from you and looking around my city, I feel like I'm kind of staring down the barrel at a chicken and egg scenario. Like, do you think that the market is responding to this scenario or did the market create this scenario? I think it's both. The market is going to respond to demand and people are always going to want what there is limited supply of. Um, but I do kind of wonder, too, like there has been a huge like multifamily boom in the past couple of years, especially in Salt Lake, uh, that could help at least slow the rate of rent growth, hmm. rent price growth, or maybe even enough to see rent prices tick down a little bit. But in the long run, I do question if those prices will actually come down significantly. I think with the number of, like, there's been thousands of uh, multifamily units that have been coming online over the past several years and still coming online. But that construction will constrict again, thanks to these high interest rates. There won't be as much of a building boom. And we're back to the supply versus demand 
issue. There's just not enough. And so I think it'll be interesting to see what kind of balance we hit, if we hit any type of balance over the next couple of years. But I think it's both. Like, I think there is a, you know, home developers have an interest in there being a somewhat of a shortage to drive demand. But we've also done it to ourselves. We've had a huge population growth. Um, people have been moving to Utah. So we're part of the problem too. There's so many of us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we're yeah. a fast growing state. You can't get around that. Um, so that's probably a lame answer, but I think it's both. <laughs> yeah. Well, and because we've grown so fast, there are a lot of kinds of housing that we have a shortage of too. Like it's not just that we need more shiny apartments. It's like, you know, we talk about a lot on the show, like missing middle, like duplexes, like Mm -hmm. just figuring out how to densify some of our neighborhoods. I want to ask you in the long term, because you brought this up, like, yes, right now, the story is, it is more affordable to rent than buy. And it's a decision, what I'm hearing you say is, it's a decision that a lot of people are making as a forced choice, right? It's not that they are, it's not that there's necessarily, it's a strategic decision. We just don't have a choice. What are the impacts of renting for the rest of our lives? Because me personally, I kind of feel like that's what I'm looking at. (laughs) Well, I talk about a personal impact. Renting for the rest of your life is not really the best way to build wealth for yourself. I mean, in the U.S., homeownership is a top contributor for wealth building in our nation. Um, Stability-wise, if you don't own, you're kind of at the whims of a landlord. And, you know, you could face yearly price increases. You could face, you know, a renovation, and then you get kicked out, not necessarily because you were evicted, but because the owner just wanted to do something else with that property. So you, as a renter, you face instability and, you know, you're not investing in anything. Your money's basically getting flushed down the toilet, for lack of better words, because you're just giving it to a landlord instead of investing something for yourself. So which is why in the story that I wrote, like, yes, here are five reasons why it makes more sense to rent. But I also noted, like, it's still wiser long term if you are able to swing it to buy. But there's so many of us these days that just can't swing it because our affordability is at such record lows. I think the unreliability of renting is something that I just keep coming back to. That same Kempsey Gardner Institute report that you and I have been referring to throughout this conversation showed that rents rose faster from 2020 to 2022 than they did in the past decade. Over a basically a one to two year period, they rose faster than over a decade. Like that demonstrates to me an unreliability, like almost a lack of credibility to the rules in the renting market that is anxiety inducing. Like how wise is that for us to live at the whim of our landlords or property management companies, especially in Utah where very limited protections for renters. Exactly. I mean, that's a good point. Rents have gone up 6.5 to 7% a year since 2011. That's a lot a year. Mm-hmm. 7% a year in a rent price increase that you're just having to eat, even if you're st- staying in the same place. That's really hard. I will say I'm writing a story today that is showing rent prices. They are tapering a little bit and maybe even come down depending on the source. But I think as of the mid-year of June, the rent only rose as of mid-year this year in the greater Salt Lake area by 1%, which is 
like a lot smaller compared to past years. Mm -hmm. So like I said before, like rent prices are seeming to taper, but I question how long that will last or if they'll actually come down a significant amount. So I guess there is some good news for renters here, at least for 2023 heading into 2024. You might see some um, lower price increases or even price decreases in Utah and in your greater Salt Lake area. But I, again, I just wonder if that will be enough to help quell these affordability issues for people. Whenever posture comes up in conversation, we all do that thing where we immediately sit upright and pull our shoulders back. Did you do it just now? I did a movement session with Chandler at Embodied Patients, and after a few gentle corrections, I was surprised to find sitting up straight is incredibly easy. Chandler's practice combines over a decade of study in yoga, Pilates, and the Alexander Technique. So why should you invest in your posture? Let's start with the link between better posture and better breathing. Whether you're returning to activity from an injury, looking to manage pain, or just have the sense things could be a little easier, Chandler will teach you to create sustainable movement habits so that you can enjoy the things you love for longer. Maybe that's running marathons. Maybe it's walking the dog. Visit embodiedpatients.com to book a session with Chandler and give yourself the gift of your own attention. Spring is when leases expire, and if you're looking for a new or better apartment situation, here's the scoop at Ico Fort Union. Fort Union is Ico's newest build in Cottonwood Heights off 1300 East and 6720 South. And as they say in real estate, location, location, location. Ico Fort Union puts you 10 minutes from the mouth of Big Cottonwood Canyon and central to all the Fort Union shops and restaurants, but the complex is located on a dead-end street, so you get peace. Ico Fort Union offers studio, one, two, and three-bedroom apartment homes, plus these very cool three-bedroom work-live apartments, so if you're starting something new, you can live above your business space. Amenities include a pet spa, a spin loft, a bike hub, and EV charging stations. And they are signing leases right now. So visit liveatfortunion.com for a tour. When we look at this housing market, it's been so bonkers for so long, as you know, this is your beat, that we've started, I feel that I myself have almost started to normalize some things that I'm like, wait, should we normalize that? Because like rent going up six to 7% a year, like the average person's cost of living annual raise at work is around one to 2%. Right. So like if you put those two things side by side, that's crazy. Like when inflation was 8% last year, it was the only story in every paper. (laughs) Yeah. But rents inflating 8% is like, that's status quo. I'm scared, Katie. (laughs) Right. No, I think that's a good question. I mean, should it be appropriate or should we be okay with normalizing 7% increase in rent every year? Um, Maybe this year we'll see reprieve from that. And that could be good news for renters. Um, But I just, again, going back to Utah's housing shortage and um, how fast we've been growing, it's just not sustainable. And I wonder how long that will last to see lower rent price growth or maybe even a little bit of a negative um, dip. 
I'll believe it when I see it. <laughs> yeah. Um, some numbers are kind of indicating we might be heading in that direction. But I just worry that as those prices go down, you know, construction of units will constrict too. And we're back to the growing Utah housing shortage issue that Utah's housing markets pointed to in that state of the state housing market report. So long term, still not looking great. I think we have a lot of, you know, ground to make up as far as, you know, what to do about enough Utahns having a home. I think in the meantime, too, people are just going to be doubling up. Um, because they simply can't afford it. Maybe they're living in their parents' basements or um, getting roommates, and people are going to make it work somehow. <laughs> but, you know, you do wonder when we hit a breaking point and um, when something will need to change. Um, I feel for renters because of that instability factor, but trying to pencil buying a home right now for the majority of people, I think, is just not possible. So I, I hope if you're looking for a place to rent, you might find some place um, that has a little bit lower price than what you've seen maybe in the past year or so. Um, there, there are probably more options out there for renters since so many multifamily units have been built. It's tough out there. Yeah. I mean, I want to ask you about this as, you know, beyond the day-to-day -day struggle as potentially a bit of a sea change because... Homeownership is a core part of the American dream. Um, I was looking into this, and according to the Urban Institute, the vast majority of Americans believe owning a home is a greater achievement than, quote, raising a family, getting a college degree, or having a career. Like, a place to call our own is the dream. Is it that people just can't afford that? Or do you think that we're shifting out of even wanting that anymore? Yeah, I mean, isn't that kind of a sad narrative? Just to own a home, a basic necessity, something that you can call your own above, like to keep you stable and safe. Um, I think that's kind of a, a little bit of a sad narrative on our society and how difficult it is just to own a house. <laughs> it, you do wonder, like, if people have be like have become so jaded to that quote unquote American dream that it might might not even be attainable to them. Um, that's a sad narrative. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe we should reevaluate our priorities, you know, as a nation, really. But yeah, we have reached this point where it's so difficult that Utah's housing researchers said in their report, like, homeownership is a fading dream. I mean, in 2023, what is a more accurate version of the American dream related to housing then? That's a good question. What do you think? Oh. <laughs> Uh, I mean, speaking only from personal experience, I guess maybe my new housing dream is just being able to still have discretionary income, like to find a housing situation where I can still afford to where I'm not house poor or rent poor, you mm -hmm. know, like I can still afford to eat out. I guess that would be my answer. Like, that's the new dream. Like, when I have friends who are like, my rent is like less than half my take home pay. I'm like. I'll drink to that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like no, you made I think it. that is a really good answer because you, that's kind of what you have to focus on and kind of speaks at the heart of that the story too, like why it makes more sense to rent right now than buy. Um, when you look at like the cost and how much you would have to stomach to actually pull off home ownership, would it be worth it to you? Mm. Uh, maybe in several years you could refinance, hopefully, but it's those interest rates that are making things so unaffordable. 
And maybe even though rent comes with its own um, demons, like instability and not really sure like how long your lease will last after it's up, um, at least maybe it would be easier to make your budget pencil and not be house poor. Yeah. <laughs> so that's our American dream. Don't be house poor. <laughs> there we go. Wow. Don't be house poor 2024. <laughs> I mean, for friends of mine who own, I will say, like, it's got to be frightening to wake up in the morning, go out into your living room, see a leak and not know if that's a $5,000 or a $50,000 repair. And, yep. and that is its own form of anxiety. I mean, I want to ask you before I let you go, because this is your beat. You've been reporting on housing for a while. You are an expert. I know you are not a policy advisor, but... If I'm the Utah legislature, I'm reading your story. I'm thinking about policy decisions that could alleviate this situation. What is on the menu and is there an appetite for it? Well, I think there is an appetite for it. It's something that they eyed last year and they did, they kind of chewed around the edges of. Um, they passed that first time homebuyers program, which only created a program for new home builds because they're also trying to drive up supply of homes. Um, but I think one of the things that the hard conversation that doesn't just involve state legislatures, but also city councils and local zoning is making way for more affordable types of homes. Mm. Um, and people hate to hear that too, <laughs> because when they hear that, they think big apartment buildings and condos going up in their neighborhoods and changing the character of their areas. And I mean, that should be something we should keep an eye on, but I think city councils and state legislators um, should, and they are, should talk with home builders and really find out where are, what is really causing hangups, what is causing prices to go up, where are some areas that we could make some changes. And, and they are doing this, but I think it will take years <laughs> to really get at some solutions because I don't think there is one single solution that can solve this problem. It's slow going, and I honestly think that type of policy change should be slow going because you don't want cities or neighborhoods feeling like they're hamstrung and they just, they just have to go along with whatever the state wants to do. But it just needs to be an incremental change, which is hard to hear right now when the housing issue is so bad. Like, we're already behind the curve. Katie McKellar, Deseret News reporter, thank you so much for your time. Thank you, Ali. On Tuesday night, the Salt Lake City Council voted to officially adopt Thriving in Place, the city's anti-displacement plan. In other words, we are now all in agreement that gentrification is bad and that it's the city's responsibility to take serious measures. Here are some of the highlights. Preserve affordable housing that we've already got. Invest in community land trust models and address the impacts of Airbnbs on our housing supply. Create more diverse housing options in all areas of the city. Utilize publicly owned property. Develop a tenant relocation assistance program for when people are displaced and help current tenants become homeowners. Gotta tell you, I'm feeling a little cynical about that last one after today's conversation, but there are some good things in this plan. You can read all about it at thrivinginplacesslc.org. That is all for us today here on CityCast Salt Lake. Thanks for listening. 
We will be back tomorrow morning with more from around this city.